With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey there, senders. Welcome back to another episode of the Segment Podcast. This is episode 28, and I hope you guys are really enjoying these episodes. I love doing these, and I hope the content is um, helping you guys out in the way that it needs to for whatever segments you are facing in your life. If you get a chance at the end of the podcast, if you wouldn't mind giving this podcast a review, it really does help get the podcast out to more writers that are out there. Today's episode is being brought to you by a couple supporters of the show. First up is Tasco. Nate Miller and Tasco are at it again. If you haven't had a chance, check out the new Phantom series that they just released. Amazing, awesome wear for your gloves, uh, for your hands, the gloves, as well as the Scout shorts have changed the material to this really light, breathable material. Same cut as before, just a different material that is also eco-friendly. Also, they just released a new pair of shorts called the Punk Purple for the Tasco shorts, and those are awesome. And if you had a chance to see the Drew Breeze episode that I released, Drew is actually rocking that brand new kit with the Punk Purple, as well as a set of uh, double-digit gloves that are soon to be released. So check that out if you haven't had a chance. Also wanted to say special thank you to the Bole brands. Bole brands include Spy Optic, Bole, and Serengeti. If you do need something from spyoptic.com, make sure you use Senders10 for 10% off of your total purchase there at Spy Optic. Lastly, want to say thank you to 7IDP for your support of the podcast. 7 Intelligent Design Protection. Literally, they have saved my butt more than a handful of times. They cover my head, my knees, and my elbows. 7 IDP is geared up for the mountain bike athlete, both male and female. And if there's something that you need, please use promo code SEGMENT for 15% off your purchase. Again, that's promo code SEGMENT for 15% off your purchase. All right, everybody. My next guest is Joey Maschak. He is a phenomenal mountain biker. He has a ton of experience from biking on two wheels, from moto, trials, mountain biking, and road biking. He recently entered the series, the Vail series, and quickly started taking podiums. He hasn't really ridden Vail, but his secret to success is a lot about self-help, self-development, and that's really what Joey is all about. When you get to listen to this podcast, you do see a growth-minded person who is open to learning and making himself better. And I hope this episode inspires and motivates you to pick up some of the things that Joey has really learned and wants to teach the rest of us. So without further ado, everybody, please welcome my special guest on episode 28, Mr. Joey Maschak. We are live. Hey, folks, welcome back to the segment podcast. I have a, my special guest tonight is Joey Maschek from Smooth MTB. Joey, thanks for being on the show tonight. Good to see you, man. Hey, good to see you, Mark. 
good pronunciation, by the way. My last name is not an easy one. <laughs> I it's funny because I just I just got that just a second ago. So <laughs> there you go. So you know, Joey and folks out there, the the segment podcast and the YouTube channel is really all about trying to highlight people that are going from the ordinary over to the extraordinary. And Joey, I got your name from a handful of people, so I had to reach out to get you on the show. So thank you for being here. But I did want to shout out to um, MTB Allen for mentioning your name, as well as Nate Thomason from the Trail Dogs. They're both like, you got to get Joey on the show. You got to get Joey on the show. <laughs> and then yeah, my, man, neighbor, that... oh, sir, my neighbor who is across the street works for KTM. And he goes, you got to get Joey. You, you got Joey on the show. I'm going to be there. <laughs> so you come in high demand, brother. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you. That feels good. Yeah. I mean, especially from the mountain bike industry, uh, you know, I really been a lone wolf for last couple of years, just riding and riding with buddies and, you know, not ever doing uh, the social media part of it or the filming. And, you know, I thought it was a good time to help people and, you know, also explore different options I have with uh, a passion that I love. And uh, for people to give a recommendation just based off of like, I guess, uh, short relationships that we've had, it feels really good. Yeah. Well, those two people are, I, I highly, uh, you know, respect what they have to say. So when MTB Allen and Nate says, uh, you got to get Joey on the show because of his mindset, because of his work ethic, because of his ability to improve himself and help other people. I was like, man, that's exactly what, what the show is, is about. So, um, so thank you, Joey. I wanted yeah, to get started. You're making today. me blush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Abigail Farrell is on the line. She says, Joey, and capital letters. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, super Abigail. fan, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for being on the show tonight. Um, so, just to get people kind of familiar with you, Joey, how did you start mountain biking? And, and what was that? What was that choice? What did that choice look like when you started? Yeah, for sure. I I mean, I've been riding two wheels all my life. I, I started racing dirt bikes when I was four, started riding bikes when I was two, and, you know, I've always loved both. But uh, I grew up in Ohio, so there's not much mountains. So, you know, we did like the dirt jump and the BMX thing, and I love that stuff. And then I had the opportunity to move to California about 11 years ago when I uh, worked with KTM. And I jumped all over it because I came here when I was about 12 or 13. And I told my mom, I'm like, I'm moving to California. That They got everything. They got the mountains, trails. They got the ocean. And yeah, so I, so I moved here. Uh, I actually, my original passion was motorcycle racing, more specifically motocross and uh, enduro cross. And unfortunately, you know, I uh, was trying to go to the next level and I was made it to the pro class, but I never really made a living with it. I had uh, a few really bad injuries back to back and some head trauma. Well, what that did is that set me back quite a bit and I had to take a couple of years off and uh, I found something that was a little bit less risky, but I could have a lot of the same emotions and feelings when I'm doing it. And that was mountain biking. Like it's very similar on a lot of uh, playing fields and yeah, you get a you can get a rush, you get a workout, you can hang out with buddies. Heck, even on a mountain bike, you, you can talk with people, which makes it even another level better. You know, it's more community. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's how I got into mountain biking. And uh, yeah, and then my passions have just been growing from there and there. And I'm just keep on going. And 
I haven't really uh, died out yet. So I'm going to see where it takes me. I love it. You know, there's been so many people that I've met that have motocross backgrounds or came from motocross. And there's, there's a lot of crossover from what I understand. Um, my buddy and I started mountain biking a year ago. He lives across the street. He started, but he comes from a motocross background and the level of his ability to grow his skill set is amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about what are the skills or traits that, that come over from, from, uh, motocross? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of it transfers. I mean, it differs in some ways as far as the feel on the bike, but as far as reading trail, picking lines, knowing how to hit a turn and all these other aspects that can make you a really fast rider are a lot easier to adapt for someone that rides motorcycles, especially like, uh, I mean, you're going a lot faster speed. So when, even when you're going as fast as you can on a bicycle, it's like, it's still dumbed down, slowed, slowed down a little bit. So you, I can really focus on my technical aspects of my riding and, you know, fight for that extra traction. It more or less, it's not that I'm usually afraid to go faster or I can't read the trail. It's that I'm looking to find traction with my technique that I have at this moment. Mm. And yeah, I mean, a lot of guys, so for me, I'm always just working on technique, technique, technique. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of other things for fitness, but that's, that's not my limiting factor right now. Uh, but yeah, on top of that, I'm just, you know, having a good time. You know, only at races is serious. I get a little serious on Strava too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to sometimes get after that PR, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it's all about. Get, yeah. Being better than yesterday, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You have always got to get a better and progress those KOMs though, man. Sometimes you look at those times and you're like, did they record that on a motorcycle? But they said that they were on a mountain bike. Cause those times, some of those times are crazy. Yeah. Yep. I, I got a, I got a handful of KOMs. <laughs> I believe it. I believe yeah, it. Yeah. Some people, some people are, yeah. You know, getting creative sometimes, I think a little bit, but yeah, it is nuts how fast on certain segments people can go. You know, there was, this reminds me of um, a story that I heard with you, with your name in it. And it was about the Vale Enduro races. And um, it was, I believe it was, I believe it was the second race of the series of three. And um, I think you were, wh what class did you race in, Joe, when you were? <laughs> So yeah, this is my uh, first year racing and I uh, decided to start off at 3039 masters and Jeez. man, man, it's been so cool. Like I, I actually had done one other enduro like five or six years ago and I was just racing sport at that time. It was early in my mountain bike adventure. Like, so I had just gotten into it and, and I got smoked and then I just, over these years, I've been building on what I already had. And, uh, I came out swinging apparently and, uh, yeah, won the first one. And then I, I can't remember. I won a few of them, but I, I, I don't remember the other positions. I, I think I got a third and a 15th, but yeah. Yeah. That's the, in the, the 15th one, if, if you just look at the number, it doesn't seem impressive, but when you know the story, I, I love this story because from what I understand you, you went into that, um, you were currently in first place. And, um, by the way, folks, if you are listening to this, Joey, Joey signed up for the veil races. He'd only ridden veil maybe 10 or 15, 10, 10 or 12 times prior to the races. Yeah. He probably only has 16 runs under his belt. 
And he was at the Vail race, Enduro races. He was currently in first place. And and take us through what happened. I believe it was on Rocky Top, but you had some kind of mechanical failure. Yeah. Well, I think maybe I might have said that was a mechanical failure to whoever I was telling the story at first. I after reviewing the footage, it looks like it was a little bit more my fault, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, it, it was a, a combination of the both. I mean, I uh, in the main rock section at the top of Rocky Top, I just went a little too hot off it and tucked the front end. And then uh, I got up really quick because I knew I had five second lead and it was the final uh, stage. So I got back up, jumped on the bike, went as fast as I could. I didn't do anything. I didn't look at the bike. I should have looked at the bike. The chain was actually off. And what had happened is as soon as I started going, the chain actually bounced so tight. It was like a boa constrictor around the the rear, uh, rear uh, gear set. And then also bent the derailleur up into it. And I couldn't even move my rear wheel. So I don't know what in the heat of the moment, I was so excited. I had five seconds. That's like the top of the run. Anyone that knows that trail, but for some reason I just picked up the bike and started running. I ran down the whole trail. (laughs) It took me 14 (laughs) minutes. I don't even know why I did it, but it felt good to finish and not DNF, I guess. I had to go down there anyways. (laughs) Uh, I love that story, man, because I think that's what separates a lot of, a lot of folks is that um, there could have been an opportunity to just go to the side of the trail and and just get a DNF, you know, didn't finish, but the fact that you picked up your bike and ran it down the trail and the fact that it's at the top <laughs> and you're still having <laughs> yeah. to run all the way down and you finished 15th overall. That's freaking yeah. amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I got to go work out. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's, I, I love that. I love that story. Um, but so with you only riding these trails a couple of times, I know one of the biggest things that you, you like to do is um, self-improvement. You work on your skills quite a bit. And I really wanted to dive into that aspect of you because it really is paying off. I mean, riding these trails pretty much blind, pretty much taking the podium minus that one race where you had, you know, the issue, the, the, the crash and then had to run down. But how is it that you can, this is your first year of racing. How is it that you can hit the scene so hard? And you talked about techniques, so I'm sure there's some stuff in there, but tell us a little bit about how did you get to that space and, and how do you use it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, technique was a lot of transferred over from my uh, motorcycle racing, but uh, I think what helped me adapt even quicker was my mindset and trying to be positive in all aspects of my life and doing, doing the work to get yourself to the place where you feel confident in yourself, not arrogant, but confident and, you know, not afraid of making mistakes or doing this stuff. So getting to the point where you could think clearly, think ahead, think about form, because it's not an easy thing. Technique is learned and then it becomes uh, just a part, part of your riding. Like it's just natural. And then, but your mind space, like when you're thinking, you got to be able to keep that clear so that your body can generate all this stuff that's going on or sorry, soak in all the information that it's taken in to be able to read the trail faster and faster. And then also think like, Oh, wait, this pedal, wait, that pedal, get up high in this turn, so on. But, uh, yeah, I think headspace is a lot. And, you know, ever since like my accidents, when I had a lot of head trauma, I've really found out how impactful that is on your everyday life. Um, 
those, those, those wrecks I was talking about before actually put me in some really deep depression and put me in a dark place for, you know, three or four months. And it scared me. It scared me enough that I stopped riding dirt bikes, mountain bikes and everything for almost two and a half years. Like, so I didn't do anything. And then when I was able to start, right, I started road biking and then mountain biking again. And yeah, I ride occasionally dirt bikes still now too, but like the repercussions when you're going that fast are pretty, pretty drastic. So I thought, you know, mountain bikes a safer bet and I'm able to get all these other things. And I actually like that it focuses more on the physical aspect. Cause I like, I can go out for a short ride, you know, and it's right out the back of my door anytime. And, and, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40, however long of a ride that I'm going to do. And, and I can get like a crazy good workout and then I can also scare myself if I want to. <laughs> right. Right. You can send it. <laughs> yeah. When, um, when you talked about those injuries on the, on the dirt bike, were those, uh, were those concussions? Was that the injuries you're talking about or? Yeah. Was so, so, you know, I have a marshmallow head as they say now, since I, uh, I've had five major concussions and multiple where I was out for minutes and well, the last two, the last one was the straw that broke the back with my, uh, the way I was feeling, but the one before that I had some memory loss. So yeah, Mm. concussions are no joke. I mean, if you, if you have one, I waited about two months and then I actually had another one after and that's what, that's what happened. So anyone that has a concussion or thinks they had a concussion, take a little time off because it can set you back a lot further if you don't. Yeah. I've seen, uh, athletes like Annika Bertrand. Um, I think that's how you say her name. She had a pretty bad concussion and she keeps posting a lot of stuff on Instagram of her trying to just get her mental capacity back, you know, juggling things, um, moving your eye hand coordination, all that stuff. So it sounded like you kind of went through a, a battle with that. It, is that, did that throw you into the depression at that point or, or how did you No, It's, it's so weird. I mean, you don't, you don't, when you're in that state, you don't know what's causing it. And I could, I was, I could realize that it was happening. I could snap out of it for like five, 10 minutes, but once it like subconsciously would just creep back in and then I would just slip back into it. And then I'd have to recognize again hold it off for a few minutes. And then like, it was, it's really scary. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. And when you got out of that, you had mentioned um, you used a lot of mindset to help pull yourself out of that and kind of people who know you today out on the trail, you're kind of like the um, Yoda master, you know, it's like your (laughs) mindset is so strong and that your body follows it. And, um, yep. and I really love that about you because it, it shows in your racing and obviously in your technique and your, your KOMs and your ability to ride a mountain bike. But what, what did you, how did you start the journey down this yeah. positive yeah. mindset? Okay, for sure. Yeah. I, I actually know what kicked it off. Um, so when you, after you have back concussions, you know, they advise you look at screens as little as possible. It's like one of the key things to help rehabilitate yourself is to not look at screens, get enough sleep. And there's a whole bunch of X, Y, and Z things. So I actually started reading books more and more. And uh, I mean, this was about seven years ago now. So like ever since then, I've been on a, a steady roll of books and it just became my cup of tea. The first book I think I wrote with was, it was called Yes. And 
my dad had passed away and on his bookshelf, he had these two books that like, he had a whole bunch of things circled and highlighted and all this motivational stuff. And I think when he passed away, like it even gave me an extra kick. You know, I saw it, read it. Like my dad read this, he thought this was good. And I saw some of the key points he thought, and I'm like, yes, you're onto something. And then like, so then I started reading more and more and doing the same thing and then building off of that. And then I started incorporating self-help stuff because I'm like, I'm feeling better and better. I'm like, oh man, so treat myself with more love, more love, you know, and just keeps on compounding and over and over again. And I kept on seeing more wins and more wins and more wins. I mean, obviously there's always an occasional loss, but when you keep winning, it doesn't feel that like that big of a blow. So then I went into the physical aspects and started training with my buddies at KTM on group run lunch rides and then really started hitting the gym hard. And then, I mean, I already did some of this stuff, mind you, cause I was racing motocross and, and enduro cross, but most of that stuff was riding fitness. Like I was doing there, I kind of diversified it into trying to optimize the whole athlete versus and mindset versus just being for a specific sport and be more rounded. I, I mm. want to be, yeah, I want to be a well-rounded athlete. I want to be able to do what I want when I want. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And and sounds like those books and everything helped get you going. Was the the book yes, was that was that kind of a pivotal launching point because it taught you how to start to think positive thoughts or gratitude or Yeah, yeah. So that book was that's pretty it's honestly a pretty elementary book as far as like books go. It's, it's, I don't even remember how many pages I think it's probably like a hundred pages some bigger font. And yeah, it was a pretty inspirational book though. And then the other one, I actually remember the name. I haven't looked at these books for a while since obviously this is a long time ago, but it, it was uh, a kick in the seat of the pants. And that one actually really sparked innovation and way of thinking and also motivated you to get out of your own way and do stuff. So, uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of books and I plan on actually sharing some of the ones that I feel were most helpful, like on, on my social media. There's, there's a million things I want to share with people. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying the things that I learned are best or maybe even good for everybody, but these are just things that have really helped me go to the next stage and next stage. And I want to share them because I believe in them. And so like mindset, like you're saying, you know, is that's like one of the most important things. So I want to share some of these books, some of these skills that these books have taught me. Like example, like the latest one I did was like the Wim Hof stuff and finding headspace by just with the breathing and ice cold baths and showers and stuff and the way it changes your body and makes it work. Man, it's unreal. Like I, I never thought I could hold my breath for almost four minutes. Like it's what it's, for seriously? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to be able to do it for like 45 seconds and now it's like four minutes. It's, and, and it wasn't that hard to do, but man, that the clarity you have after doing one of these breathing exercises, it's unreal. Like you feel like you're in another, another place and you're fully energized and you're tingling because your whole body has oxygen and all of its blood cells. It expands them like it, it's cool. But that, that's only like some of the stuff like it's, 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 there's so much to know in this world and cool things like that, that you can uncover. They're almost like cheat codes for your body, I feel like. And once you yeah. get all these cheat codes, you keep on remembering them all. It makes you like a grandmaster of your own self. I'm nowhere near a grandmaster, but I wanna keep on getting better and better to see how far I can get. And I think a lot of people can help 
you know, need a little help with that. So. Yeah. And I think I love the fact that you're going down that road and I already know you've, you've helped people that I know, uh, for example, Nate, uh, with trail dogs, uh, in fact, trail dogs are on the line tonight. They said, what's up, what's up, say, what's up, Joey, right there. Um, what's up doggies. Know, what's up doggies. <laughs> I know that, I know that Nate specifically was trying to work on, um, his time for the race, for the veil races. And in yeah. a couple sessions with you, he was able to shave off I don't know how many seconds was it? Was it like, was it 20 seconds or was it more than that? It was, yeah, it was a decent amount. Yeah. I mean, Nate's an awesome rider and see, like, I think a lot of people are better riders than they give themselves credit for. Um, and it also comes though with confidence, your confidence also plays the key with your riding skills, you know, and for Nate, all, I mean, all we had to do is put a little bit of confidence in them. And if that's even just having someone point you out or saying, Hey man, you can do this with somebody you trust then, and that that's the ticket. But yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing how much of this sport, like most sports, but mountain biking in particular, it's amazing how much of it is mental. You know, you have the yeah. physical aspect, which will definitely help you, but the mental aspect is really, really important. Um, in fact, here's the Tomahawks. They say two rides with Joey changed my whole mindset. Met at Greer and had another ride at Vail as a pre-ride to a race. We talked about maintaining and winning a winning mindset and implementing positive self-talk. Dude. Oh man, that feels so good. I love yeah. it. I, yeah. I love that. Like it's actually like sticking with people and, and it helps them. Like that feels so good. That's why we're here. I mean, that's why me and you are here right now. I mean, it's not like we're making, making a living off this. It's because you like the feeling that of how it feels to help other people and help them have those experiences. And, and I, I think mountain bikes are an amazing tool or a channel to get this out and to feel better about yourself and have these experiences. And I want people to elevate those experiences as high as they want to go. If, if they want to go to here, then that's fine. I mean, if they want to go to here, it's going to take a lot of work, but there's ways to get there. Like that's, it's so good. That's right. And then nobody cares as, cares more than the individual who wants it done, you know? So yeah, all that hard work that they're going to have to put into it will, will, will definitely pay off and it'll get there. I think this might be a good segue. Um, speaking of all the self-help, I have your Instagram up right here, Joey. Do you want me to pop it up on the screen and kind of share sure, some sure, of the yeah. things that you're wanting to do? Yeah, yeah. So if you guys are listening to this on the, on the podcast, uh, audio version, uh, you want to go to smooth MTB and that is Joey's Instagram. And then Joey's going to take us through, um, yeah. some, some of this, go ahead, Joey. For, for sure. So, I mean, as you can see, we've only you know been around a short bit, but, uh, I'm going to include all these other aspects, but so far we've done things that can help the riders. If, uh, scrolls down some, like I do do some things like motivational stuff, um, we've done videos on segments and stages in, that are like at Vail, for instance. So my first enduro that I went to, I had never rode Vail before and riding state stages are at race pace and never getting a pre-run. So I had working full time. Like, so I just went into the race blind and it was so scary. And I felt like I was going to wreck about every other turn. So what I did is this year there was new stages almost every race. And I, I went a couple of days before and I, I filmed them, explained a couple areas that might be problematic or difficult or where they can maybe even make up some time. And, and I shared that with the community to help encourage new, new racers because I wanted everyone to feel what it feels like to race and not be scared to go. 
Um, so that's one thing we did, uh, positive self-talk, you can see there. Um, our, our motto actually is uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And uh, what that means is that, you know, take the time to learn things right and progress. You wanna progress quick, yes, but make sure that you're doing it correctly before you go fast. So you don't wanna have those two year setbacks like I had, you know, you, you wanna, maybe you tip over or something in a turn, but you do it in a way that it's not gonna be detrimental to your progression. Um, at the, so the, these are all the, just the different things that we've done this year. Um, wow. And yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, if you go up a little bit to like where the buttons are, um, we're going to be having, so here, like I'm doing, going to be doing product reviews of things that I feel can help you and, you know, get these more experiences and what well, the last product I worked with. So I, uh, I think I think you actually you were going to ask me about some products and is is Kushcore and so the guys over Kushcore are actually new from uh, doing business with them on their suspension division when I was working with KTM and uh, they have a pretty interesting product you know I mean most people probably know about them but it's a foam insert that goes into your tire and what it does is it does two things so when when the tire compresses all the way down like it keeps you from hitting your rim. And then also what it does, it's like a big rubber band inside and it holds the, the bead to the rim. So I, I had rode them in the past. I rode their pro version, which is the thicker at the time. And I, I liked it. I liked the aspects that it didn't give me tire roll. And I, I liked the way it felt, but it kind of made it a little too dead. So I, I asked the guys over there if they would allow me to try the, the XC version, so the cross country version in my enduro bike, because what I was actually looking for was just the stabilization of my bead to the rim, because I didn't want to gain tire roll in the turns, but I still wanted to have enough air volume that my bike still felt lively and, and could bounce around and ride like it was almost not in there. So I put those in and I mean, it's been the ticket. I, I love it. I can, I can run, I run about two, three PSI less than I normally run. They, they say you could run I can't remember the number, but you could run really low without rolling the bead and you can actually get home on a flat if you had to get home. So it's a pretty cool product. Yeah. And I think the, the light, I think the XC ones are only 160 grams if I, if I remember correctly, but I'm going to be doing a full review on this product back to back my explanations on both why I picked the XC over the pro and, and the weight differences and the feelings that you can have by using these products. But I think that product can help an enduro racer take their ride into next level. And it's, you would be very surprised how many people are utilizing it. I mean, almost everybody in downhill is and enduro and it's actually starting to go over in XC quite a bit too, because you know, you can check out their site and they, they have some really cool information on, on what, the, what it can do to your bike. Um, and then, and then I had a couple other things in there. Like I'm doing recipes for people like, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I see that over here. This uh, race day salad you yeah, have. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, people don't know what to eat like on a race day. Like, and you know, oh. you don't want to eat too much and, and space in between, between eating. And this is, I mean, I'm I'm vegetarian, so I'm plant based. Um, so I mean, I stick usually with stuff of this. And I I feel for myself, I've had a lot of injuries in my life. Like, by having the the vegetarian diet like has really brought down the inflammation markers in my body. And I, I feel like I can move better. I recover faster. 
I'm leaner. I think I'm like, I'm, I'm more optimal using that program. And maybe that's not the same thing for everyone, but I'm just giving what's working for me and, you know, trying to share with like my secret sauce. If it, if people think I'm worthy of having a secret sauce yet. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I mean, you've learned a lot of this stuff and it's obviously working. Um, and I love the fact that you want to share it with, uh, with us all. Can we dive a little bit deeper into, so we definitely talked mindset. We've talked, um, our physical ability, you know, our strength and in coordination, but could we talk a little bit about, uh, the diet? Because I don't think I've had yeah. a guest really talk about that. I know for my first race, I was really nervous. Um, I tried not to change what I was going to eat. Everyone's like, just eat what you normally eat. But obviously it's not best yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah for sure what what should we do before a ride and after a ride so a couple things i think uh you know not only what you eat but when you eat are some of the most important things and you know you could feel laggy or just really weighted down and and lethargic if you eat at the wrong times so i think timing is really important as well and on race day i don't eat very much and i'm eating uh typically three hours before, but here's the thing is that right now my diet, I'm usually eating, I take 16 hours off of eating. And then in between then I have two meals and okay. so on. So I don't eat breakfast. I don't usually eat till about 12, 30, one o'clock. It just, it just depends. And then, uh, but on race day, it's different because you want to have some sustained energy or fuel when you're racing an enduro. So I'll about probably about two and a half hours, three hours before the race, I'll, I'll eat something. And like, that is actually, I, I call it race day salad is because that's my go-to. You find usually something that works for you. And once you find something that really works for you, I, I mean, practice this like on, on a non-race day, see how you feel, what days you have energy and make sure it's not just a fluke, you know, when you're, when you're doing it. So, but find something that works for you, do it and then do it religiously. And then if you want to try to change it, change it off on not off race season, you know, but find something that works for you. Don't, don't be over full. Like you're not going to need as much fuel as you think your body has a lot of fuel. And if that night before the race, I'll actually try to eat a little bit earlier. So I still have a manageable gap in there. Uh, you know, try to get your body into ketosis some, so like that it, it doesn't, it works off stored fat. And then you have this new fresh fuel that is like basically a reserve for, for your mm -hmm. racing. Yeah. And, and then I'll, say, I'll, and then, in, sorry. And then, in, oh, no. and then, in, and then in your water, I'll put some, something that for, with electrolytes and, you know, usually that has a little bit of salt in there so you can retain the water better. Got it. And when you say two to three hours before the race, are you, do you say that like, cause you know, they let us up on the mountain so we can kind of pre-ride or are you talking two to three hours before like go time, go time? Like if it's a one o'clock yeah. start, are we looking at 11 o'clock eating type of thing? So like if you're pre-running, I mean, you know, it's like usually a couple hours before too. Like I'll, I'll usually eat before I even pre-run and I, I just take it really slow up. And I'm when I'm pre-riding, I'm not usually going for time. I'm usually looking, really studying the course, trying to see if there's something I missed or if there's a new line that developed or, I mean there's all kinds of tricks and you can find these things when you're dealing with a game of seconds or sometimes in hundreds of seconds, because it's, I mean, if you have an overall time, nine, nine, 10 minutes, eight, eight minutes, like there's not much margin there. So you need to find these little things. Cause once you get to a certain level, everyone's 
pretty close, then it's, it's a game of seconds. And yeah, I mean, so I'm looking at it really slow, but yeah, it's usually I eat about right before I go out for pre-riding and then I leave myself about, uh, about an hour in between. Cause I like to really like, just get back to my roots. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to the car. I'll sit and sit around. I'll just sip on water. And I'll actually usually do that breathing regimen that I learned from Wim Hof. And I'll do like a five or six cycles of it. And it helps me get calm into a certain state. And I feel oxygenized and I, I feel ready. And then I, yeah, time to go, right? Wow, that's cool. And, and on the diet itself, are you, I know everyone's going to be different, but for you, do you focus more on, on those, when you're looking for sustained energy, are you looking, leaning more towards proteins or fiber or carbs? Yeah. As I, as I find, you know, protein is actually in my mind and, you know, this is debatable because everyone says there's people that have all meat diets like Joe Rogan and like these other people, but there's plenty of plant-based athletes that are amazing athletes, you know, some of the most renowned and uh, I just have found what works for me. And I, I find that I don't need as much protein as you would think. And I actually think there's a lot of things that are not so good about overloading on protein that can like cause disease inflammation and just make you more lethargic. And so I'm, I'm doing plant-based. I mean, I'm just eating fruits and vegetables. I mean, primarily vegetables and, you know, some, some rice and quinoa and, and sprouts and that veggie salads and normal salads. And yeah, it's good. Once you get into it, I mean, you start feeling so good. Like, it's, it's crazy. When I was younger, like I grew up in a household that really didn't eat that well, but it's, I don't blame them. They just didn't know the benefits of eating well enough mm -hmm. to eat well. But as you feel better and better and better, it becomes easier and easier. And then you build yourself into a routine, you know, life, life is about routines. Humans are animals of routine. And I think I'm getting my routine better and better. And it's, that's what lets me get to the next level is because you don't see change overnight. You're not going to go eat just a plant-based for two days and you can't just expect to be like a machine, you know, you got to process it and get used to it and develop and live it. And then, and then you can start seeing the effects and then you keep finding these wins. Um, yeah. And I, that, that's what I really want to help people find is like a better routine. Cause I think a lot of people don't know what to do with their time or they just, they're just living, you know, and you're, you're doing whatever life throws at you as a routine and not getting more done and not having as much focus on self. And if you take care of yourself, then you're able to tell, take care of others better. And you're actually probably going to be in a better mood and, and all this stuff and have more energy and be able to support them with things they need. So, yeah, I mean, routine is everything. Yeah. Setting up those great habits. First, you got to learn, you got to learn the information to yeah. set the good habits and then you got to work hard at, at making those habits like secondary, like just without thought. Um, based on you helping people, I, I, there's a couple comments that came through. I wanted to shout out for you. Joey Yates, one of my good buddies who I ride with often says, yeah, your videos prepared him for the first Vail Enduro race that he ever did. And I can add to that Joey was working out by uh, the beach and he couldn't get over to Vail for, for pre-rides. So he literally watched your videos the night before over and over and over again. 
and it was that was a that was series two. So it was a North. Shore, it was Matco for us. It was Matco, uh, Rocky Top, then North Shore, and he knew all of the lines. He knew what was coming up, and it brought him a level of comfort and peace, which was which was awesome. And then uh, here we go. The Tomahawks. This is Nate. He says, "From my first race to my last race, I improved my Matco time by thirty-one seconds. That's nuts." That was you, buddy. That was you yeah, doing that, Joey. Um, <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was Nate doing it. I might have, I might have helped push him along a little bit and showing him a couple <laughs> hot lines, and but yeah, that's that feels great. Yeah, thirty-one seconds, man. That that's no joke. That's no joke. And Nate's a he's an athletic guy, and like you said, it was a, a, a the mindset thing. You showed him some lines and helped him with some confidence. And thirty-one seconds later, that's huge. Um, Adam Mox is in the house tonight. Adam Mox has love the heart and purpose behind your Instagram. You just got to follow. Peace and love. Nice. Trail Thanks, dogs Adam. are in the house. They said, just watch the video about breathing technique. So cool. And then he added woof woof. <laughs> oh man. He's got to do it. Everyone should do it at least once. And, and, and you can't just do this breathing exercise. You got to fully commit. Like you give it all you got and, man, you're going to have some crazy feelings like my, and it, it might not be the best feeling at first. And my fiance actually did it and her ears started ringing so bad that she had to stop doing it just because it was something her body wasn't used to like oxygen, so much oxygen coming into you. And it it's crazy. Your hands, it feels like you're almost getting like electric filled, like electricity flowing through your body or tingling. And, and then when he says, you exhale your you exhale your breath completely and you hold like you'll be holding your breath with no air in your lungs and he'll be like he'll be like all right two minutes and you'll be like wow i don't even need any air i feel great like wow. it's it's crazy it's, it's it's crazy you, you should you have to try it that that that's homework everyone should try that once and mm -hmm. uh, yeah just they have it on they have it on youtube just the wim hof breathing method Wim Hof breathing method. I, I have yeah. seen, I've, I've watched his interviews on Joe Rogan and I saw where he had Joe Rogan do it. And it was like yep. so much oxygen coming in. And, and apparently you oversaturate your body with oxygen. Like the cells get charged. Right. And that's the feeling that you get. Um, I haven't yep. had an opportunity to try it, but I definitely will. Definitely. Will. So, so, so yeah, like afterwards you can do, they do like different experiments. And when your body has that much oxygen saturation, it, so two things, long run is that most elite athletes have caught on to this and they're doing it like, and maybe they're not sharing it because they don't want any of their competition to know it. So like, like divers, cyclists, uh, Olympians, like all these guys are doing this stuff. Like at some level, if once you really get to intimately talk with them and know, and, uh, over time, it actually is almost like a form of blood doping because it, it, it helps your cells actually retain more oxygen, almost like your blood doping. So it, it can lower your VO too. And like they have tests where they'll do like this, this exercise, this breathing exercise, and they'll have a guy do as many pushups as he can right before. Maybe he does like 20, he like stops 20. And then I'll have him do this breathing exercise, no change, but like, he's like both do both as many as you can. And imagine you already did 20. So usually you're weaker the next. I mean, they usually double it, sometimes triple it, like in the amount that you can do just because of the oxygen saturation level in your muscles. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. I, and Wim, Wim Hof, he obviously, he, 
he teaches it, but he's the real deal. I mean, running yes. marathons in the Arctic with no shoes, <laughs> you yeah. know, he climbed, uh, climbed Everest in board shorts. Yeah. Climbing Everest in board <laughs> shorts. Um, the ability to knock out a cold or in, increase his immune system and, and heal yep. certain things at a certain way. It's just amazing that that type of mindset, um, yeah, that, that can if be you done. Don't, yeah. And if you don't want it, if you don't remember who this is after this is over, I'm, I mean, I'm going to, this is kind of content that I want to share things with, with, you know, the audience that can help them. And it's not always going to be a hundred percent bicycle related, but you got to think if you're able to do three times the amount of work by doing this amount of oxygen saturation, if you're able to breathe more than you need when you're riding, you can do the same at a, at a macro level and find benefits as you can. So like example, I have even my, uh, my race plate over here on the back on the top, like where I can see the rim, it says breathe because I just want to keep breathing as much as I can. And I mean, that's why Apple has even on their watch. I mean, they're like, Oh, breathe, take this many deep breaths because it's proven that it's something that can help you. And it, when you're being an athlete, I mean, it can help you as much as you can do. Like, so, I mean, if you just think breathe more than you need, you're going to be able to go harder than you've ever been able to go. So, yeah, no, you're right. That's true. And a lot of professionals will, will say, uh, when you stop and you breathe deep, it changes your physiology, you know, it changes yep. your, your mindset. If you're feeling anxious about something, they say, breathe, you know, it's, there's yep. a, a lot to unlock there and a lot to, to learn and a lot for you to share, which, which I love. Um, yep. and Joey, since we're talking about that, I know you want to impact folks. I know you want to teach this. Um, what are some of the ways that you're looking uh, to do this down the line? Yeah. Uh, so I'm starting off with the videos and I'm going to do more how to's and, and share all this stuff through social media. And I, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to develop into. I, I mean, this was new and fresh for me. I, I actually, never really had thought that I was going to go down this path and, and try to do this or share this stuff. But, uh, I was riding at Greer one day, you know, and a couple of guys, Nate was one of them. I, I saw him at the top of one of the runs and I heard them, I overheard them talking about certain things. And, you know, when you're so in touch with what's going on and at the trails and like what they're saying, like the trail talk, you know, as you say, mm -hmm. like I couldn't get a better, a pretty good judgment of how fast someone's going to go or where they're having struggles just based off maybe some of the key things that they're saying. And, you know, I, I heard them and I'm like, Hmm, maybe these guys could benefit from Ryan from you. You know, I was a little bit tired at the point. I'm like, Oh, but it'd be fun to maybe try to help somebody that was willing to have some, you know, a couple pointers thrown their way. And it was kind of difficult. I didn't think it'd be received as well because people don't usually like to say, Hey, you know, you want some pointers. Like they, they're like, Hey, I'm out here doing my thing. What makes you think that you can tell me what to do? So I'm like, good point. You're right. I have no, I have no legs to stand on. I don't, you don't know me. I don't know you. <laughs> like, like you don't have my Instagram page with, with results. So like, that's why I started racing. Cause I wanted to be, I wanted some proof in my pudding that like I knew how to ride and you know, Strava is one thing too, but you know, how believable is that? I mean, it's not always what it seems on there people do things to like, you know, like you said, if it looks like some people are in a car sometimes like, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been lots so, of times I've forgotten to turn that thing off. So, <laughs> so, so I, so I, so I take these two guys down and man, we had just a riot. Like it was so fun. 
like at the end, we were high five. These guys were on a high. I felt like the ultimate Stoke man. Like awesome. I, I mean, they then they they're like texting me afterwards, like, man, I got PRs on every section. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. dude, thank you so much. And then like, so these two guys, ironically, were both doing YouTube videos, and I'm like, cool. So I, I checked them out. I, I I actually don't watch much TV myself, and really, I don't really watch YouTube that much. So it was a little bit of a transition for me. My, my little brother watches it quite a bit. And sometimes he'll be on the TV and I'll catch a little bit with him. So I got, I got an idea how it works. It's not like I'm like an 80 year old man that's never seen it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, 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 but I was fresh to it. So like my content will keep getting better and better and going on. And I hope to, to share some of the experiences with other people. And when they see me on the trail, like if I can give someone else that experience, you know, I, I love it. It was, it was so cool. So they, they, they asked me, you know, if I would want to do some videos with them and I'm like, I thought about, I'm like, maybe I do some stuff of my own. So then it's personalized the way I want to deliver the message. Because if I'm going to, I'm, if I'm going to explain and talk about something that's passionate to me, I mean, yeah, I want to share it with somebody. And if I'm, I, but I want to share it on my terms. I want my message to be the way I want it to be delivered. No, nothing against them, but it's just like that just, I want to, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to try not to half-ass it. I'm going to try to do it to my best ability, which is pretty mediocre right now as far as like editing goes and stuff. I, I hope the content reflects more than what I'm able to deliver, but I will keep on improving and getting better and making better videos and content. And, and hopefully it can make a bigger reach as it, as it develops. I mean, I, w I wouldn't, you know, maybe watch my my stuff at this point, but I'm I'm very picky and judgy. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I uh, I just love when you were telling me that story. You know, you saw the two guys, um, one of them being Nate up on the top at Greer, and there's so many. There's like 80 million things we think about in a day, and your thought process, which says a lot about who you are, your thought process was, I wonder if I can help make these guys faster. Out of all the thoughts you could think, you wanted to help. You wanted to help these guys out, and um, I just love that you're following that whole passion and you're growing your mindset. Um, now I know that the mindset doesn't just stop at mountain biking for you. I know it's growing outside outside of of mountain biking. I mean, you were sharing with me earlier. Um, you used to have a day job, and yeah. and now now through your growth, you're able to sustain yourself outside of punching a clock, yeah. which is amazing. I don't know if you want to share what, what that is. Sure. Or, or I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I started, you know, trading stocks like in 2010 and I've just developed it into something that's sustainable for uh, a future. And, you know, and maybe at some point I make some adjustments and refine that and then do some, dedicate more time to riding and I'm able to do that at some point. But yeah, I mean, it's been nice and I have it set up pretty well where I don't have to do too much like work. I just, you need to keep in touch and, 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 you know, really look at all the fundamentals to make sure that I'm not making mistakes. And yeah, it's been, it's been pretty great. And yeah, it's really weird. Cause I had a day job for, you know, I worked at the same place for 14, a little over 14 years and I still made that work. I do lunch rides, but it was usually just road biking because you didn't want to get all dirty during, during lunch and then have business meetings. Cause I was sales and marketing guy and, yeah, it's different, but it's taken me a little bit to adjust. You know, it a, that's a big change in my routine, but I've been able to find some really big wins and uh, I'm here with my fiance a lot and, and our dog Kona and 
I, I have a pretty cool setup here and I can go ride from my house and yeah, life is good right now. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. So yeah, the, see, there's another aspect of how this growth mindset, this, um, this, this, all this hard work that you've put in is definitely paying off and congratulations on the fiance. Thank you. Yeah. The end of this month. <laughs> end of this month is the, is yeah. the day. Yeah. The 24th. Congratulations. Shout out to your fiance. What's your fiance's name? Lindsay. Lindsay Lovell. Lin and, Lindsay Lovell. And then they'll be changing the mass check. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys want, like, I mean, if you're, I have two social medias, I have the mountain bike one. And I also, obviously my personal one is mostly mountain bikes as well, because I love mountain bikes, but it's a uh, J Mazzy 77. If uh, you want to see some of the more of the other stuff I do, I mean, I share some stuff that I think is more mountain bike related because it's the most acceptable platform to have this channel. But I mean, I do do other stuff and maybe I do some other stuff that you might want to give a try. <laughs> there you go. There you go. In fact, um, speaking of here's Lindsay Lovell right now, Joey introduced oh, me to the, yeah, to the trail dogs and their wives. We love them. So inspiring to us. Uh, aren't they? Trail dogs are awesome. Yeah. They're Wait. great guys. Does Lindsay, does Lindsay ride with the MTB newbies? Yeah, she does ride sometimes. And, and, and about half the time she's at Greer, she gets uh, confused. Someone's confused and calls it, oh, are you an MTB newbie? She's like, yeah. no, I'm a smooth MTBer. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny but, yeah. when we're all wearing our, our, our uh, shirts and everything. Sometimes I'll be wearing somebody else's shirt and they're like, you're on the wrong channel. <laughs> oh, man. No. You're just support, mutual support, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I think it's funny. But very cool. Congratulations to you too, Lindsay, Thank for you. Uh, marrying this dude here at the end of the month. So when you're talking about your your uh, motivational content, your inspirational content, obviously looking at you, uh, this stuff works and you are going to be putting this, are you primarily thinking about putting it all on Instagram or did you say you're kind of toying with the fact of opening a, a YouTube channel as well? So, so I do, I do have a YouTube channel. Yeah. It's, it's oh, shoot, MTV. I'm sorry. remember okay. I have, all, I have all the, uh, the videos from Vale that I did on there That's and right. I've actually That's done, I've done two also from Greer, like just at speed. I, I'm going to start doing more content where I'm I'm thinking one could be maybe called hotlines for people that are local or go on these trails or when you go to new places to ride, um, technique. Uh, I, I think a lot of focus is put on skills, which is is great, but there's a lot more that you could do as far as like reading a trail and uh, – this other stuff, you know, and I want to get this other stuff and I want to do the things that everyone's doing. I mean, I like, I actually really, I have just started recently watching YouTube and I watched the GMBN, you know, they're like the Mecca of all the videos. And there's some content in there that I find really great. And it's, I think for me, it's really great because those guys are at uh, such a high level that, I can learn things or try to do things that they're doing. And it, it makes it more fun for me to grow. Like, that's the thing. Like I grow ideas. Like I'm like, Oh, I don't, I, I, I just, you know, unless you're around somebody that's practicing fakies, like you're not going to think, Oh man, I should just try a fakie. Like if you didn't see him do it, I'm like, so I see him do this. I'm like, Oh, I could probably do that. Let me, let me give it a try. You know, like, and yeah, it's, it's just a different aspect of writing that I've learned, learned to like from YouTube. So 
it's given me more respect for the YouTube community. And I want to try to share some of that stuff um, here. I see uh, you, you have my channel pulled up here. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you guys go into YouTube and you just type in smooth MTB, you'll see the smooth MTB logo. And uh, it, he's got videos on here. And that's right. I apologize. Because yes, yeah, we no, watch these videos um, for the veil races. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So and I try to do different things like as uh, I'm so this one on the right, the SoCal Enduro Mountain Bike Tales. Uh, there's these guys. So this is this is my full race. I did like a full race recap, and wow. this is one of my one of my first videos, you know. And I'm not an editor. I, I have done marketing things, and I haven't watched much YouTube, but I was trying to capture the experience. I had such an amazing experience racing enduro. Like it was one of the most fun times I've had on a bike. Not just because I did well and stuff, it's because like the camaraderie between these guys, you ride up the trail together, you talk about the trail on the thing, share hotlines, tips. And like, you know, I, I, I made some, I made it like a few good friends just in that one race. And it's everyone that shares a passion. It's so great to be around that atmosphere. And I, I had also longed for racing after racing motocross and endurocross for so long to get back out there and yeah, the competition gives you a whole nother level of uh, adrenaline and experiences that you can have. And then it's camaraderie and then like the atmosphere, everyone shares the passion. Like there's nobody getting down on each other. It, it, totally. It's a great experience. So like I was trying to capture some of that, which I don't know how much it did, but I hope it did for somebody. Like I, I, I was, I guess I'm surprised. I see somebody's comments and it makes me feel really good. I hope that that was what that goal of that video was, is to get more people racing. That is very cool. I love that you that you shared that, and that was your that was your point to that video was just sharing the stoke and kind of immersing people into what that atmosphere is like. Because it's hard to explain it, you know, when you're talking to somebody who hasn't been through a race event to explain. Because like the words don't match the emotion. Sometimes it's hard to find the right words to just draw out that emotion of how it feels to share For a sure. stoke with not just one, not just two every single person that's out there it's like yep. uh, you know it's it's really unique and incredible feeling to have so i love anytime you, you know people do what you did and try to bring that out to the audience um it's definitely motivating because you see it and you're like dang that's fun i'm gonna go do that i don't care what place yeah. i get you know <laughs> i just yeah. gotta go start yeah it. yeah um, and then i mean there's I, I i was really apprehensive to go to my first race so like if somebody that was like me was still apprehensive to go to their first race, I know there's gotta be a lot of people on the fence. So I did that. And then like, anytime I had an opportunity to try to make it seem like it's easier to go do, that was a goal for mine this year or, or to go find, or to know about this stuff. So like on my Instagram, I made like, it's, it's crazy. You think some of these guys, they have great series, great events and stuff, but not very good at marketing. Right. Or like hmm. they don't, they don't have good schedules. Like you can't find where to go or when to go places or like the itinerary for the race. So I, I mean, I try to clean this stuff up, make it as simplistic as possible, easy to follow, be here this time. Like here's the race schedule. Here's all the race schedules on those buttons, like in our area, make it easy. So it's, you know, where to go when to go. So like in communication in life, like, especially when I do marketing, like you always look at the five, five W's, you know, and that's the who, what, where, when, why, 
you make sure you have those all clear. And that's why I'm trying to make those things easy for people to know about the races. Why, why should you go try a race? Who is it for? What do you do? When do you do it? And mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I, I know of a pretty big handful of people that we got out to those Enduros and I was pretty, pretty happy about that. And, you know, proud at the same time, I think. I, and then they, I mean, the experiences that they had and talked about, like, that's another level of feeling good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, on the nervousness of, of race day, um, I forgot where I was starting. And even though I looked at it a hundred times, I'm going Matco, Rocky Top, ending at North Shore. I'm going to Matco, Rocky <laughs> Top, ending at North Shore. <laughs> and then I'm pedaling up the road with Joey. I'm like, where are we supposed to start at? And luckily, earlier in the day, you had posted on your story a quick like um, map of where of like where the sport pros, beginners are all going to start. I took a snapshot, and I popped up my phone, and I looked at that screenshot that I took of your post, and I'm like. I'm starting at Matco. Okay, Matco. <laughs> but it was nice because it was clean and it was easy. And uh, you had the fortitude to think about that for the rest of us. So I thought that was really cool. This is really cool. Um, we got uh, Chase Lovell in the house. He says, hello. Uh-oh. Joey, I think you're frozen, buddy. He's he's got a he's got a good smile though. Joey's got a good smile. Let's see if let's see if he can get unfrozen here. I'm going to just kind of remove them and try to bring them back. So we may, oh, we lost Joey. Joey is gone, but he'll probably try to log back on. But, you know, guys, as I have you on, if you have any other questions for Joey when he comes back, um, please chime those in. We are getting close towards the end of the okay. show. There's yeah, Joey. Yeah, you made it yeah. back. I lost Dude. connection. I don't know. <laughs> Only, only you would have the frozen screen of a perfect smile. Everybody oh, else man. would have it like all kind of funky, like the driver's <laughs> license picture. <laughs> Yours is like perfect. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, sorry about um, that, guys. No, no, it's good. Uh, we actually had a question here for you, Joey. Trail dogs were saying, and and by the way, um, I know Lindsay had mentioned the trail dogs' wives and how inspiring. Uh, they all are. That group is that group is awesome. Trail dogs is is so good. They actually, when I was first mountain biking, they were the first group that I reached out to was them and MTB Allen. And yep. both of them helped get me started and get me riding, which was, which was awesome. Trail dogs yeah, asked. So welcoming. They are. And they're so much fun. You go out there and you just can't help but have a great time and you start it barking too. Yep. <laughs> they are very good dudes. Good. And the wives are all going out there now. I yeah. saw Austin's wife just got a stump jumper. Um, yep. Isaiah's wife got a, I think it was a polygon. Um, Breeze yeah. out of Santa Cruz. I mean, yeah, they're all getting out there. Uh, it's growing. Trail Trail Dogs asks, "What does your training look like day to day?" Okay, <laughs> so my daily, I pretty much do some kind of physical activity every day, and uh, I try to touch a bike as frequently as possible. Um, and so let's say my uh, Monday through Friday will look like. Uh, Usually I'll wake up in the morning and uh, first thing I do is I get my coffee and let it cool down as, and as we're doing that, we'll do a stretch routine. Um, and I can share that routine on, on my page eventually. And I'm, I'm going to make videos with my own mountain bike specific stretches that can help, help you advance your riding and, you know, have looser hips and all these things to help you be a more efficient rider. So I start off with a stretching routine. I'll do some, do some work either if it's around the house or on the computer or, 
or trading or what, whatever that looks like. And uh, about 1230, I start getting ready and I'll either do a mountain bike ride or a road bike ride. Um, probably about four times a three to four times a week. It just depends on, on what I do. So I'll go out and I'll do about in between an hour to two hour ride. And then, uh, if I don't on the days I don't ride my bike, I run the same, same amount of time. So Hmm. I'll run like five miles, four or five miles. And I've actually brought, I, I brought, I brought running into the game and and running's been a, a game changer for me too. Also, like I feel like helps develop the muscles and get you back to your natural stance. And you just start feeling better when you start running and it's not fun. I, I never liked running that much, but I'm getting pretty good at it now that I've been doing it long enough and it's not as bad. Um, and then uh, three to four times a week, we'll go to CrossFit at like uh probably about five or six o'clock. It just depends on, on what class we get in. So mm. I usually about do about two workouts a day and then I do stretching. I, it might be more than other people can, you know, work in their schedule, but my schedule's loosened up some. And I still did the same schedule when I was at work. I just, it was harder to do it. I just would just cycle during lunch. And then after work, I would go to the gym and then go home and, and do that. And yeah, you know, I try to be as religious as I can with it and do it as frequently as I can. There's days that, you know, other things become priority, but, you know, I have that part of my routine and feeling good. <laughs> oh, man, stretching, double workouts, uh, eating right. How about sleep? How much sleep do you get? Yeah, Joey? yeah sleep. I, I get it. I get eight hours at least. I mean, I know people are going to be <laughs> people with kids are like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> but I don't, I don't have kids yet. So, yeah. So, so I, I, yeah, I get at least eight hours, you know. Maybe yeah. later on down the road when you and Lindsay get have kids, you know, the rest of us could start taking your podium spots. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Sleep, maybe I can take podium. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping I, I I'm still gonna have to come up with a plan. I yeah, I feel like my fiance thinks I'm a little bit of a princess, probably sometimes, but yeah, it's working for us. And, and she's <laughs> taken she's taken she's taken on a lot of stuff that these same changes in she's seen equivalent results in, in when she's applying this principles or like these things that she's doing. So, and then there's all their friends that are actually like professional athletes that I have, you know, I've built relationships over the years that have come to me to, to help them with similar things, like with building the healthy routine and adding these little aspects in to bring their ability to the next level or, or maybe not even bring their ability to bring their mindset at peace because then they feel like they're doing the right amount of stuff when they should be doing it. And then, you know, then they can take it to the next level, whatever that is for them. If that's just being completely dominant in their sport, then great. If it's just getting up and, you know, getting 30 seconds better on your thing. Great. Like it's just how much do you want and how much do you want to give and what, what's important to you? I mean, I mean, the trail dogs, those guys, like maybe not all of them want to be at that same level, but they want to be just a little better like, Hey, I got an extra 30 minutes. What can I do to be better? What, what's the best way for me to utilize this time to go to the next little step? I'm not going to dedicate my life and do two workouts a day and be able to get eight hours of sleep. Maybe I'm not going to try to go for the same thing, but I want to try to help share what I think these little things are you can do that can maybe help your whole life versus mm-hmm. just riding. And then mm-hmm. if it helps build your riding too, then great. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of times it's those little things, those little minor tweaks that make you better overall, you know, from yeah. bike riding into your normal day. Uh, you actually just taught me, so I'm going to try waking up and stretching while I'm having yeah. my coffee. So I'm going to give that a go. If people wanted to reach out to you, Joey, if, if they hear this out there, whether it be on the podcast or see it on, on YouTube later, or even live now today, yeah. um, will you eventually be able to, will you be taking people on to coach them eventually? Or would you be open to people reaching out to you and asking for help? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have had some people ask me for help and I've ridden with a handful of people like, you know, at the same time, obviously it's still my passion and I'm still developing myself and things. But when I have opportunity, I feel that I can apply this and share. It. I, I do like, you know, and it's even the same thing right with my fiance. It's like, that's not going to probably help me progress to be better. Rider, but I make time for when I, when I can to help other people and, yeah, I would love that. I mean, if they want to just, you know, DM me or if they see me on the trail at the Smooth MTV, hit, hit it up with me. And if I, if I have an a agenda that day, maybe, maybe I don't. But, I mean, usually I'll make time for anyone that makes time to say hi to me, you know. So Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Joey. That's awesome. That's very cool. Maybe even could be like a coaching business down the line. Who knows what this yeah. will turn into. But uh, you definitely have yeah. the passion for it. And you definitely have been given the seed for it just the whole mindset when you met the two writers at the top like that was the thing that came to your mind not like uh do i gotta wait for these guys who are these guys it was like how can i help these guys it was yeah yeah really, for sure that's really cool um we're, we're a little over an hour which is awesome and i love this um i wanted to see if it'd be okay if i just fired off a couple questions to you to uh kind of wrap this up in a bow for everybody yeah if Let's you do be it. open to it. Okay. Let's do it. Couple not, not, any, not, not any hard ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all going to be, it's all good. It's all, it's all good stuff. And right, um, so. you can answer it uh, as elaborately or as, as shortly as you'd like. Uh, sure. So the first question would be what mountain bike are you currently riding right now? Uh, I have uh, a S works stump jumper. Um, well, it's like a hybrid. It's, it's a custom build stump stump jumper and uh it's a it's a 2020 model so it's not the 2021 not unfortunately but yeah that bike has been pretty great it's actually right behind me oh got look a, at that it's got a coil shock and it's got the xc uh cush cord in it um some maxis dhr2 tires Sweet. yeah it, 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 it's it's a pretty good bike did you go maxis dhr2 on the front and back uh, DHF on the front and then, uh, DH, uh, the R2 in the rear. R2 on the rear. Yeah. Nice. And you got the Kush core in there, the XC style, the one that's really light, but just gives yep. you, gives you enough to stay playful, but, yep. uh, keeps the, yeah. the rim from getting. Yeah. And it keeps the beat. The beat is the important thing. It, it allows yeah. you to hit turns harder than like you've ever hit a turn and you, <laughs> the tire feels stable. It's nice. You're not burping anything and leaving all kinds of like yeah. trail slime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no sliming for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's all. That's a beautiful bike. Beautiful bike. Thank you. Uh, and then the uh, next question would be: In mountain biking, you have your uphill and you have your downhill. Which one do you prefer best, and why? Oh come on, man! I <laughs> I obviously prefer the downhill, but. <laughs> I, I, res I respect the uphill and oh, I love nice. what the, I love what the uphill brings me. 
And it's the only reason I ride road bikes. I don't enjoy riding a road bike. I don't enjoy running that much. I do enjoy, you got to find like the pluses and everything. I love where my mind can go when I'm doing these things, when I get in the zone and I go hard as I can. Like you could find like a piece and like start slipping off and you can start almost get to that same point of focus that you do when you're going downhill, when you're scared, you can either scare yourself into that zone where you're so focused, like you can't think of anything else. And it's, that's your getaway. That's, that's what most people get out of mountain biking. I feel, uh, but you can also, if you're pushing yourself in the uphills hard enough or you're running hard enough or cycling hard enough, you can't start, you, your body has to focus on everything it's doing, like your breath, the, the heart rate, like the, the lactic acid of your muscles, like what's going to give next and try to figure out how to keep it going to go faster and faster. And so I respect it. I respect it. And I, I love the feelings that it makes me have. And I love, I know that it'll, the results of what I'm doing will pay off in the end. And it, those results from uphill are going to stick with you longer than the downhill feelings are. The downhill feelings are immediate and self gratification. Like, and yeah, some of it will linger on if you maybe set a record or something, but the uphill, the performance gains, the mindset, the clarity you get, and then how you see it build into something else where you're actually a better physical being at the end is, I think it maybe lasts with you a little bit longer. Yeah, man, dude, that's a great answer. I love that. Thanks. It's almost like the uphill is kind of like the teacher. So to yeah. speak, you know, we learn a lot when we're, when we're going up, I learn a lot about ourselves, learn a, a lot about what's going on in our lives. Yeah. And then the downhill is just kind of the fun, the zone out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fun part. Um, speaking of when you're going downhill and you're, you're in the moment, one of the things I like to say is, is to people is be where your pedals are. So meaning be present, you know, and there is no other place that really seems to bring that out then when you are going downhill and you are flying around the corners and you're reading lines and you're making quick decisions, you're not thinking about anything else. You're in the present. Yeah. For you, for you, how do you get to that spot? Is there something that you say to yourself before you drop in? Is there, is there a thought process that you tell yourself to help you get into that flow state? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, it's kind of like a light switch. Uh, I think, and as you get into it more and more, you could turn it on or off when you want. And uh, I mean, I know when it's appropriate for me to get into that spot because when I'm in that spot, it's usually going to be committed through my whole run, unless you make like an error or something, then maybe you, you it interrupts your train of thought and then you stop at that point. But I don't ever really think of stopping. And I think that's also what happened like in that run where I carried the bike, I was in the train of thought get down that hill as fast as I can. Like, and mm. I'm going to do whatever I can to go down that fast, fast. And, but when I'm riding with somebody else that maybe I know is like a slower, I can just like, you know, stay and just, just have fun ride. And, and I, I can do both, but yeah, I think to get into the state of mind, it's just at first for me, I think it was more Strava, like knowing that I would be able to see my results later then I would be like, mm -hmm. oh, I know I got something I can prove to myself that I'm getting better. Or do I want to be let down later? Which mm. I don't, I haven't always been like the most go on, have fun. But that that's what's fun to me. Like progression is fun to me. Like, and there's people that ride that maybe hitting a jump's fun for them. Jump, hitting jumps are fun for me. I love hitting jumps. I, 
I, I've been a, ask my, like my little brother and, and I, I took him out. I'm just been scouting, looking for jumps. I'm like, he's like, why are you looking for big jumps all, all of a sudden? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, two things. I want to post something with a big jump because nobody knows I can jump big things. Like, <laughs> and, and jumping jumps are fun. That's why people have bike parks that are just jumps because you go out hanging to buddies and hit jumps. But I, I, yeah, I want to, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of ways to get in that flow state. It's just, it's each their own. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, I, I love the, the analogy of the light switch. Sometimes you just have to think, like, all right, we're got to turn this on right now and, uh, and, and just take everything in, you know, it's almost like sometimes it feels like it's a form of meditation because yeah. you're just in that moment and you're breathing and your body's moving, but you're not thinking of anything else. Almost yeah, not thinking like about self-control. Yeah, totally. self-control. It's, exactly. That's how it feels. Yes. Yeah. It, I love, and it's such a cool feeling. I think that's one of the most addicting things about the sport, you know, is yeah. being in that moment because in life, there's so many decisions and places you have to go and things you have to do. But when you're, yeah, when people you're don't live, people don't live in the now, like, and, and even if we could only live in that now for a couple minutes, like, and so that's part of it. Like, you know, you try to get into the living in the now more frequently and, you know, whatever that takes, if it reading something to bring a realization to you that you're doing something silly that like, when you look at it from an outside perspective, you're like, I would somebody do that? You know, like, Oh, I'm doing that. And then like, mm -hmm. but when you can get into those now moments that that's like the best feeling you can have. And that amount of focus, I mean, I imagine like when I think about it, it's, it's weird. Cause I think of stuff like this sometimes I think like, that's how I think like a monk gets into like that train of thought mm -hmm. and it has to feel so amazing to just be that at the time, I guess just in, in the now, like, not thinking about what's happening tomorrow, what's happening yesterday or what's going to happen. It's just, you're just thinking about what can I do to get down this hill the way it is. And wow, I'm going really fast. This is, and then you have like the endorphins from the adrenaline and yeah, it's mountain biking's great. Yeah. Yeah. All that body movement, the endorphins are flowing through all that good serotonin. It's uh, you know, motion is lotion. As a friend of mine says, you're, <laughs> You're moving around, getting loose, and yeah. And then we talked about taking those aspects off the bike and having it spill over into other parts of your life. And I noticed the other day I was trying to be in the moment, looking at my cup of coffee. I mean, it sounds weird, but yeah, I no, poured a cup I, of coffee. I, I and I was watching this, you know, I was watching the steam come off it, and I was like, grateful for this cup of coffee. And I'm yeah, I'm yeah, have yeah. This. It was grateful, so cool. gratitude, gratitude. It's like it's something that can change your life too. Like I'm, I'm not. I, I got to work on that and I've been working on it. I need to keep working on it. Cause like when you can find gratitude and find like all these pluses in these small things, like, man, it makes it easy when you go to find something like this, like mountain biking that you love. You're like, wow, I can have a ton of gratitude for this. This is awesome. But like, look at you. I mean, you're loving your cup of coffee. Like yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that's how life should be. Right. It just spills over, you know, it spills over into other things and, uh, it all stacks up. It all stacks up for the better, which is, which is great. A um, couple more questions for you before we close it out. I, I did yeah. see your question, Chase. Uh, Chase Lovell asked a question. I wanted to make sure I got it up for him. He says, if you were able to travel the world to ride for a week, where would you go? Where would Joey go? Man, so the, the, the parent company that I work for, KTM, is in Austria, and 
I had gone to Austria a few times and man, that place is beautiful. I never got to explore like the trails and stuff, but some of my friends have gone there and they said it was amazing. So I would have to say probably Austria, Germany. I, I'd like to go there. I, I like everything about it. I like the mountains and stuff. So I, I would start off there and then I don't, I don't know where I'd go next, but I think that'd be a good, if I'm going international, if I had one choice, I'm going international. I'm going to go big. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've already, I've gone some places in the U S we did a trip in the uh, Pacific Northwest, uh, I think it was either one or two years ago now and we rented a sprinter van and did the van life and we went around like for i don't know i think like 10 days it, it was amazing trip on it actually was so amazing that we're me and my fiance are gonna we're selling a couple vehicles that we have now and we're gonna get a van and we're gonna do a full van build and do some traveling and see see more stuff that mountain biking has to offer that's gonna be amazing some of the beauty, yeah. beautiful scenery that that our sport allows us to see that yep people don't ever get a chance to see it when they're driving by on the freeway. You know, it's only when you get on that bike and you get down in there that you get to notice some incredible stuff. Yeah. It's amazing perspective. It's like, you know, I always thought like dirt bike. So I don't know if you're in like, even like a street bike, like you ride. So there's, there's different levels of perspective. Like you can have when you're driving, like my mom has a convertible. When I drive in her Mustang convertible, you can see so much more and you're like, wow, this is, this all looks different. Like even just driving around town and you're like, you just see more and it's a whole different feeling. Then uh, I've had street bikes. You like drive a street bike around you're like, wow, you're really immersed like in your focus and you see all stuff. But then like you got a mountain bike, you're going slower. You can even soak in more and see all this stuff. It's, it, it's so crazy. And it, for me, that's the right tempo. Like I've done the hiking and stuff you don't cover enough ground for me. I need a little, I need a little more input than that. And mountain bike gives it to me. And I think gives it to a lot of people. It does. It, it, I, I agree with you that it, it, it does offer that. It's a, one of the best gifts that the sport gives back to us, which is amazing. Um, so you did mention that you had a 2020 stumpy. I, I also have a 2020 stumpy as well. Um, and I love that bike. Uh, Chase here is asking, one, one, uh, one last one. If you have time, new bike soon, maybe 2022. So, so goals, right? Yes. Goals are, I want to be getting new bikes every year. And I, I want to work with somebody that I believe in their product. And I don't know what this looks like yet, but I want to test some products and be available to interact and talk about like what I feel on the bike. You know, these are just goals that I have and, you know, I really like the specialized so far a lot, but I also know some people on intense and I used to have an intense and I, I love the thing. I just want to make sure I can get the same experiences before transitioning to something like that and see if they mm-hmm. want to do something with me, maybe even, or I, I haven't tried branching off to these other brands yet, but I'm open. I just, I want to try to optimize my experiences as well. And, and then if I find something that's better and stuff, and I want to share that with other people and let them know the same thing. That's very cool. Yeah. If, uh, I know some folks over, I know Chris, uh, Chris likes to lift is over at intense. He works there yep. and MTB rad dad has, uh, some connections over there at intense as well. I wonder if they yeah, have an good. ambassador program that, uh, that you could take a part of. Yeah. Well, I know, I, I know a couple people there. I just, I, I want to explain in the right light, my plan and, and see what they think. And, they have been good about getting me bikes to, to demo and stuff. But it, as you know, it's been such a, 
hard market. I mean, everything's been sold Man. out and like to get, to get a loaner for some time has, has been difficult. I mean, yes. to get even parts to fix your bike has been really difficult. So I, I think there's going to be a larger market for all this when it all settles. And once things become available, I think there'll be some new opportunities that are also available at the same time. And hopefully we can uh, capitalize on that. Yeah, I hope so too. Cause I'd love to see you with a good bike brand. I'd love to see you uh, inspiring and impacting more people uh, like you already are in the start of this, this journey that you have. I think it's amazing. Um, I guess lastly would be Joey, if people want to follow your journey, how can they, yep. how can they follow you or where can they follow you and how would they yeah. best be in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. I, I think, the best, you know, for mountain bike specific information is going to be the smooth MTV Instagram handle. And, uh, we're going to be working on, we have the donate domain already. We're going to be building a site with all this content and maybe a little extended form with like a blog. And then the YouTube channel is also smooth MTV is going to be where we're going to have all the video content. And if you want to follow my personal one to see like what's going on the daily, uh, that's jmazzy 77. Uh, and then, yeah, then heck, if you even want to follow like even further, my, uh, fiance's profile isn't private, but she does a good job of, you know, posting a lot of stories and stuff, things are going on. It just depends on how deep you want to get as far as following me. But I think the smooth MTV stuff will do it for most. And I think we should be able to get you some, uh, interesting, uh, usable content and, and skills and things that you can use out on the trail. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I was really looking forward to this conversation and it always does not disappoint. And I, yeah. I learned a lot from you tonight. Um, definitely going to work on the stretching and the nutrition aspect. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll be reaching out to you for some tips on some technique because I saw one of your posts. You were a trials writer too. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Well, I, would not, I, I wouldn't classify myself as a trials writer, but I have ridden trials, dirt bikes and bicycles. Like, I, 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 I can dabble around, but it all crosses over, you know, learning more skills on two wheels makes you feel when you get in those weird situations, you still feel comfortable because you've been there before you understand what the bike's going to do. You can make it do what you want it to do next. And yeah, that's why you want to keep on learning all these different skills in different ways. And you just want to know how to handle the bike, whatever it's going to do, you need to be able to react to it. So. I love it. And what, I mean, I had, I had so, so much fun on this and I mean, thank you everyone for the kind words. It feels really good to hear, hear some of these comments and it's definitely brought my motivation to another level. Oh, you're doing a, you're doing a phenomenal job. Just being you buddy and, and <laughs> all the great stuff that you're putting out there. It's uh, really appreciated. And, uh, you know, I, for me, I'm a fan, so I, I notice it all. So thank you for what you do, Joey, and, and can't wait to see more stuff coming from you. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Great podcast. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. That is the end of this podcast, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Joey and I are out. See I you guys. You.